Hello, you listener. Welcome to HyperTalks. We are so happy to have you with us today. And for this very first episode, we have with us the head of school of Hyper Island Sweden, voice actor, and a creator himself of the HIX YouTube channel, traveling all the way from Karlskrona, Jörg. Yes. <laughs> Continue. You want to pronounce your last name? Teichgräber. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for you. Yeah, well, Sorry about my that. pleasure. <laughs> it's so much fun to have you here. Uh, I was surprised you wanted to come. Yeah, of course. It was amazing you wanted to because you most you live in Karlskrona, right? Uh, I live in, in a small city called Korsham. It's like 60 kilometers from Karlskrona. Yeah. So I commute to Kaskuna and I commute to Stockholm. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, you're not here in Stockholm often. Once or twice or sometimes three times a month. Yeah, yes. but so we were very lucky to squeeze in a time. Yes. Yeah, it was, uh, basic uh, principle. Thank you for that. Although we can, as every episode, we can start with a check-in, right? We all know what a check-in is, so we can like show to the people as well that hear us now how a check-in is and how it's done. So the check-in question is, describe yourself with the title of a series. Do we all watch series? Do we prefer series to movies? Or like? Depends what mood you're in and what season it is, right? There's so <laughs> many series nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would be crazy to, to not watch any series. I think that's very unusual. Well, there's people that don't watch TVs and yeah, listen to podcasts. They are <coughs> they crazy. <laughs> okay, uh, I can uh, start. Or yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Michelle. Normally, I would say friends because uh, that's the only thing I have on repeat before I go to bed. But uh, <laughs> recently, I watched The Midnight Club. It's a new series on Netflix, uh, and it's only 10 episodes. I do hope there will be more episodes on another season. So The Midnight Club would be described for me because I'm a night owl. I've been there. Well... I've been into many series, but what I'm watching now, I would describe myself now at the moment, and my mentality is Suits. It's about uh, New York, lawyers. Yeah. It's very describing of Greg that he chooses Suits. That's a it needs to be a certain kind of yes. personality. Yeah, maybe, I guess, maybe. But yeah, yeah, you are a little bit Suits, Greg. And I think I'm more towards like the modern family stuff. Mm. I want to say that because, I mean, a part of this check-in is also what you sort out, what you want to be, perhaps. And not only, like, what I actually am. I think it's hard to know which series I'm actually, like, closest related to, if you can say that. But uh, I want to be modern family, fun, like, family-friendly. And I think the energy and the vibe in that show I really enjoy and it's the one that I watch the most thanks for sharing uh, <clears throat> well if I would like to be entertaining I would eventually say Breaking Bad right because of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's has nothing to do with me and I haven't actually seen the series I know about the teachers starting to selling uh, drugs and stuff oh, like yeah. that yeah that's yeah. why I think maybe it's entertaining to entertaining but I mean, the purpose of a, of a check-in is to share something about myself so that others learn to know me better, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I go with Harry Potter, of course, because it's a school, right? <laughs> In Harry Potter. <laughs> What's the name of the school? Hogwarts. Hogwarts, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah. And um, It starts with H as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not sure if I'm Dumbledore in that series or what I, you I, are. Why, I why I choose that in 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 the sense of of the my role head of school, and I have to say I'm, I'm head of school of the uh, school department. That means. Or everything that is under the umbrella of, of YH. Mm. Right? I started as a program manager. But uh, why I choose Harry Potter? Because it's a classical example of the hero's journey. And mm. I'm not saying I, I'm a hero, no. <laughs> But what, what I think is uh, a pattern in, in the hero's journey Uh, in all these kind of blockbusters, and it goes back to the Odyssey, right? Very much used in in all like Hollywood scripts, is the the hero is called to uh, to become the hero without wanting it, right? The unwilling hero, and I think everyone who manages people suffers somehow of some kind of imposter syndrome, right? That you think, who am I <coughs> to be in this position? Right? How yeah. have I earned to be there um, to to manage others? Right? And I think that is that is something I'm I have struggled with. And I think you always need to ask yourself what is the purpose of managing others? Why are you doing this? And yeah, I need it. I think it's a, it's a natural challenge in being a manager of or in organizations and in. in in, especially in organizations, I think like Hyper Island, where we where we teach leadership, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's And like that, one of the mottos as well that we get to see, like lead the change. Yeah, here in school, so it's like kind of like no pressure, like, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, and I think like it's fun that you brought up imposter syndrome because that is a very common thing. Uh, that I've seen among the new students mm. that I think when someone says, okay, how is it? Or how, how do you feel about starting hyper? A lot of it has to do with like imposter syndrome mm. and you feeling that you don't belong or you don't have the skills or mm. that mm. everyone is better and know something you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun that everyone feels like everyone else is better. That's very yeah. paradoxical, but it's, And that repeats when you go to internship. <laughs> yeah, is there like something that you do to calm yourself when when those kind of thoughts come up? Well, I think um, in today's work life, um, in general, I think we always we, we we're more and more faced with complex environments, right, with different kind of people, right, and and uh, different kind of challenges. Right, mm -hmm. and their self leadership becomes more and more important. And what is self leadership? I think it's about nourishing a good habit of of well being. Right, um, meditation, running. I'm into swimming and running, swim run. Uh, that is, that is what keeps my <laughs> my sanity alive. Right, yeah. um, but also to be aware of what what you, your own triggers are. Right, and I think that can the hyper island uh, way of of focusing on team teamwork, on on feedback, on good feedback culture can help you to to actually um, develop yourself and your own well being. Yeah, it's uh, nice that you brought this with the hero's journey because um, there's a, a good book about this, uh, Joseph of Joseph Campbell. Mm. here with 1000 uh, faces mm. Mm. it's like quite fascinating so yeah I would suggest this to everyone it's basically all the stories yeah someone 
Joseph Campbell gathered all the stories that mm. uh, are around and he just found patterns mm. and so on in this like all I- each story if it has to be successful it has to have one of these basic uh, hero's journey part which mm. is like 11 steps mm. if I'm not mistaken which is like mm. amazing you mm. understand how mm. humans work mm. in mm. a way mm. but, but yes we we would like to hear more about yourself from you this elevator pitch in a way how would you say about like what you've done so far how did you came to the point of becoming a the head of school at Hyper yeah um, <clears throat> well um, I I have a background in the performing arts so I um, studied in Berlin at the Ernst Busch uh, theater uh, institution um, and uh, I came there from South Germany uh, grown up on in on the countryside um, and uh, I wanted to yeah Uh, conquered the big uh, capital Berlin and it was in the 90s very very um, developing and and amazing time in Berlin so uh, I was happy to to um, be accepted to that to that school and then I focused on uh, puppeteering actually because I found that um, acting wasn't in the long run something I could identify myself with I didn't want to be the in the focus of myself all the all the time right i wanted to have some kind of material that is outside me to express myself right and i i come from a from a uh, a preacher's family right where i was raised uh with musical playing in the cello drawing and, and and so on my brother became a psychologist i have to say and and he said if you if you are a preacher's son then you have two choices in life either you become an artist or a terrorist no, <laughs> no pressure on that <laughs> he became a psychologist okay i became um, an artist um, and then i became successful with uh, with a figure called bandas port it's in german's children's television mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a uh, it's a puppet uh, depressed bread loaf and um, I I copied the voice of my father honestly. Ähm, das hört sich so an, ne? Das das Brot ist deprimiert und sagt ganz viel Mist, yeah? This is the the figure of the of the bread and um, it was surprisingly successful and I think uh, many many Germans know 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 that stuff. It's now it's very like 25 years old and we just do reruns and sometimes I still go there and to, to do some like yeah revivals things yeah. but uh, I came to Sweden and I stuck on a vacation long story short I realized I need to build a career in Sweden too right I couldn't mm. do the bread in, in Sweden <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started to experiment with um digital puppeteering what you now would call motion capturing right so mm. i started with projects um myself first uh with a with a connect that you can connect to the xbox right mm. uh where you where you can um capture your movements of your of your hand or your your, your body and and digitalize it in a, into a 3d space and that was for for 15 years ago and it was quite 
revolutionary that Microsoft actually um, released the source code to the Kinect. <coughs> and I saw the opportunity to build student projects with that and went to the Institute of, of Technology down there in Blicking, where I live. And uh, they accepted me as, as, a, as a guest teacher and uh, in a high bind that would be an industry leader. And uh, I did a project with them and I did several other projects with um, performing art uh, students and, and technical students. And there one student told me, the way you do uh, teaching, uh, mm -hmm. you should check out Hyper Island. So and that is, was the first time when I've heard about Hyper Island. It's 2013. And then yeah, I applied for a program manager role when Opportunity came, came up in Cascona and uh, was a program manager for the digital media creative class and later for the motion class. And then I became the program director in Cascona, leading the uh, Cascona school. And then since March last year, head of school. That's my journey. <laughs> <laughs> and what made you want to move to Sweden? My ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you became a principal, how does it feel to be principal of hyper? Well, I, I've grown into this role, right? Uh, and I think that was important for me that I understand uh, the everyday life of a program manager because I was a program manager myself. So, and I, I, hyper and is a is from a, from the from a culture perspective a quite flat organization. Of course, it's a corporate organization today with 150. Uh, employees and needs to have uh, some kind of hierarchy yeah and with that role of course you have some kind of, of mandates or, uh, or some kind of, of power in that sense but I hope not to to be received as distant <laughs> but uh, so I really appreciate that I can be here and uh, talk with you uh, about uh, stuff yeah yeah that's that's very fun and I think when what makes Hyper Island unique, I feel like, is the the methodology behind, like, how you learn, the, the experience-based mm. learning. And we wanted to talk about that a little more because for, for new people or people that don't know what Hyper is or what, what we do here, I think understanding experience-based learning is a good starting point. Mm. Mm. To, to knowing if if this is a, a good fit for you, perhaps a place that you would like to apply to or come to one day. When I applied here, for example, I had like almost no idea about like specifically hyper. I looked at all like the graphic visual communication mm. schools in Stockholm, then applied here. Didn't think I would get in. And this is a short story, but it's fun, so I think I'm going to tell mm. it. Mm. Go uh, ahead. When, <laughs> <laughs> when applying here, you sent in the application task. Yeah. And they got an email. Okay, you moved on to the next step of the application. I never saw that email. So I think one morning I woke up at 10. I slept in, but I woke up from a phone call. And then I, I answered the phone and a woman said, I'm from Hyper Island. Have you seen your email? Mm. I'm like, no. Mm. Um, what about it? I haven't seen your email. 
It's like, yeah, you you move through to the next step. I'm like, oh wow, that's amazing. He's like, you need to accept the the spot now. In, <laughs> in three hours, it's closing. So if you don't accept, you won't get in. So, so thanks to her <laughs> calling like, me, waking me up, uh, I accepted the email and then went to the the second application day. And now, recruit, student recruitment team. Then. Yeah, applause to to her. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, she hears this or or yeah. gets to know yeah. that. But she's the reason I'm here. Mm. I actually also have a funny story about my application. So first and foremost, my friend, I was, so the year before this, I was working between 12 to 17 hours in a mm. restaurant. I had no life. I was very depressed. I was just working to pay my rent. Mm. And uh, my friend who is now studying design lead, she told me, you know, Misha, we have to do something with our lives. We have to go to Hyper Island. Mm. And I said, oh, okay, I'm going to check it out. And then I was like, oh, but they want an application task. How am I going to do this? Like, I can barely paint a painting. <laughs> like, it takes me a year to make something. And she's like, no, we're going to do this. It's going to be something good for your life. So basically, I did the application. I went through and actually, I turned my application in last minute before mm. the deadline. <laughs> and so I was nervously waiting for the plan. I was I was like, I was making plans. Okay, if I get into Hyper Island, I can do this. If I don't, I will have to keep working or find another job. So the day before getting the email, basically I woke up around five, six, seven, and I was checking the email. I got nothing. And then I went back to sleep and I dreamt that the woman <laughs> came to me and gave me a letter and said like, here, this is your acceptance letter. You are accepted into Hyper Island. Then my friend calls me. She's like, check your email, check your email. And then I see that I got accepted. So I was like, wait, I dreamt about this just now. So it was so funny. I feel like wow. Hyper is some sort of Hogwarts in a yeah. way, you know, because yeah. it made like our beginning some ma magical mm. from the start. <laughs> so, yeah. With the owl flying in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you <laughs> my my story was like normal because yeah. I, I just checked uh, but i was working like in like heavy job just to um, keep mm. keep my rent and everything going mm. on and i just uh felt the same thank god it was summer so it was a uh, kind of bright outside mm. and then i got the mail and i was like yes and then at the moment I was like, oh no mm. <laughs> what am i gonna do now like work and stuff and so on yeah but i figured this out this this i mean this is my personal advice to everyone this is gonna figure itself out. Trust yeah. the process. Trust yeah. the process. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great. Great to hear. And you know what? I mean, we know from research we've done that that Hyper Island students they come to us because of word of mouth, some kind of recommendations, right? Yeah. So yeah. that would be another topic uh, <laughs> for a podcast. <laughs> but uh, what makes me happy to see is that, well, for when I started at Hyper Island, it was like people who had some kind of Uh, related person working in the agency world, right? It was like, um, and now I see a more diverse student cohort with with people like popping up because yeah, they they wanted to make a change to their lives, and and I think that that tells tells a, a very good story for for our future. What is the core essence of oh. the experience based learning? Very good question. Um, well, usually you think of of studying and learning eventually because we've all still like experienced that very much uh, during elementary school and, and high school is that you are you you've been taught something right so so yeah. the 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 the, uh, the student is seen as someone who needs to put knowledge into into <laughs> their heads right and there is someone who knows more who's going to tell you what you need to learn right 
And the experience-based learning approach turns that radically around uh, to say, okay, you you build and construct your knowledge on the knowledge that you already have, right? From your life, from your upbra- up, upbringing, whatever. And we build, uh, we design learning, right? Um, around a problem that you then need to solve in a, in a we call it a construction constructionist way. So we're not telling you the solution. We put you in a situation, expose you to a problem together with others, uh, and then you need to solve it. But then we design a process around it with reflection and so on so that you can actually generate your learning and reflect on what do you need, what have you learned from that eventual mistake, right? (laughs) So that you can uh, apply it uh, in the next time. You need to expose people to problems where you might face that you don't know the answer yourself <laughs> right <laughs> and this is this is a this is a weird situation <laughs> yeah just to give perspective i mean we me and greg here we're doing uh, a project that is about i think five weeks long but then in the middle of it today we got like thrown into this thing called a sprint mm. which means that for three days now we have to work on something totally new with people we never worked with before from other with programs. A big car company. Yeah, with a big <laughs> car company that like came here today and like we need your help. Present yeah. you're gonna present in two mm. days. Mm. So you basically have tomorrow to do this. Yeah. Into the uncomfortable in mm. that situation. Mm. I mean having to it's a big car company, having to just put something out there, not knowing if it's good, not having time to like even realize if it's good or not. You just have to come up with a lot of ideas and just pick one, make it as good as you can and then go and then mm. leave it. And mm. There's only make. Yeah, <laughs> there's only make and then try to extract, okay, what went well, what yeah. didn't go well. Mm. I feel like the best part of this in when we're getting thrown into groups, we don't know everyone comes with something they know like they're good with sound or they're good with design or they're simply a person who will just get the best idea so i feel like with this we get a little bit help and push from every direction to make it happen Mm. even when you're confused and you feel i don't understand this you have others around you to kind of lift you up and i think misha it's very important what you're saying because uh, that also builds on something you're interested in I, if, you, if you're interested in drawing, right, then the, what you do needs to f- feel meaningful, right? So, and, and that's also important part in experience-based learning is uh, you learn better if you feel what you work on is actually meaningful, right? It's more meaningful to work on on a brief that matters either if it's for a car company on a, on a, or on a more more social level, or so, because then you learn better, and. Then, then someone telling you you need to get a good grade there in the end uh, about this, this or that, right? Or memorize, or memorize <laughs> yes. stuff. This mm. was one of my kind of like nightmares. So I always liked history in a way, mm. but I just couldn't memorize what the book said because that was a system in Greece. Mm. The history is like many books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of years there, contested, and we have to learn everything about them. And uh, at some point I was like, I just learned the, what happened, the position and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then I had to say to the, to the teacher and then the teacher would be like, uh, are you sure it says uh, it's in the book like that? And I'm like, I'm sure that it's not like this in the book, but I'm sure that this happened. <laughs> 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 it happened this way, <laughs> in a way. 
You had your own story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was there, believe me. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen this in movies. <laughs> although most of the times it was like that was a case. Mm. I was describing the exact thing. Like maybe I got a lower grade due to behavior, yeah. behavior thing that I spoke back about the behavior constructionism. Mm. That the father of that was Piaget, right? Yeah, yeah. The French psychologist, mm. and uh, I think that this is one of the basis of Hyper Island, like mm. how it started. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. and uh, Seymour Papert uh, took it further from Piaget into into what we what we call constructionism, right? He was uh, at MIT um, teaching computer science and programming, and he developed methods to actually make kids learn programming. Right in with with a with coding language and and to give them like challenges to to build something, um, and this this uh, methodology has been developed further. I think uh, the difference between uh, constructivism and constructionism is that in in a constructive constructionist learning, you would always create something and uh, rather with your hands, right, than mm. only in a, on a concept basis. And I think that is something. Uh, I think uh, at Hyper Iron we also can become even better, right? Because in doing a five or six weeks project, you you might stuck in the concept phase when you pitch something to a client. That's often what the clients are asking for, um, and and that's good. But can we take that even further to actually build the app in the end, mm-hmm. right? And I see often uh, students doing that on their spare time, and I really highly encourage that to do because that could be your your future uh, company, and uh, and you will uh, even if the company won't be successful, it you will extract so many learnings from that if we if you actually build a product, right? And a good example right. with a history lesson: how would you build an experience based learning <laughs> on a history level? I would say let students uh, make a, a history film. Right, <laughs> because yeah. then they need to a series, <laughs> series on YouTube <laughs> about uh, Caesar and Cleopatra. Because then they would need to research on the actual facts first. Yeah, right? make exactly. a play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make a play. Yeah. It was a very nice change when I came here because, like, studying at at a more traditional university, you know, it's very you have a lecture, you need to take notes, you need to learn it, and then you hmm. gonna get tested on that information. Um, but when you came here, it's you're a lot more free, mm. and it can be scary because it's not always clear. Like, what is it that you actually need to learn here? Mm. What are you like? What are the criteria for you sort of moving on? Because we have assessments that mm. are mm. not like a, like a test, but you are mm. still assessed. Mm. Get a grade, yeah, yeah. Mm. and and. Then it's it's harder to know. Okay, I I really need to know this, but that leaves you also a lot of room to explore yourself. Because mm. right now I'm in a group and we're doing a project, but we're also like doing a lot of optional stuff. For mm. example, we have one of the goals that my group have is learning how to program our own portfolio website, mm. and that's not a part a part mm. of the course. Mm. So we have like planned our own lessons, one hour each day, where we are programming together and teaching each other, mm. and having that as a part of our like daily routine. Great. And mm. because we, oh, yeah, well, we all want this from this mm. module, so let's mm. like add this on to it because yeah. this is one what we want to learn. Mm. So you get a lot more agency over mm. your learning instead mm. of how you must learn 
mm. what Cleopatra exactly. did. <laughs> like, because someone said so. Now we say, I, we want to do this. Yeah. It's in the same area. We have the flexibility to yeah. choose, like, how we want to do it. Mm. And for me, that is the, the biggest selling point. Yeah. How does that come together with your well-being like not taking on more and more all the time like how do you navigate what do you actually want to do so that it's not too much and i'm curious to hear is it like do we need to maybe facilitate more free space into our projects where time where you can actually focus on 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 Mm. <laughs> passionate well, projects instead in our previous I would say in our previous module it was like very packed so yeah. we didn't have that time that we needed kind of in this project I think we have like a lot of time mm. to be so honest so it's dif different differs. Yeah. it, it um, it has to do with the industry leader I guess or how the mm. program manager with the industry leader plan mm. with the planning about mm. uh, the thing but what I like for example is like What we are getting scheduled at, it mm. where the process is. So, mm. for example, if we are in the research process, in the first one or two weeks, mm. we are getting like industry leaders regarding that. For me, it would be like too much free time. It gets me to overthink because mm. I like when it's uh, planned. Yeah. Okay, today I will film, tomorrow I will research, and this day. So, but I also understand from our program manager it's put the way it is so new people who haven't experienced this type of learning mm. can get used to it. Mm. Hyper lets you have your free time to actually grow as a person but also focus on important things. For me, the the schedule suits very well but, but I think a lot is dependent on how good you are at taking your own responsibility over mm. what mm. you learn and how you schedule Mm. And that's a good, I think, opportunity to, hyper to also find that out, right? Uh, yeah. What do you, where do you feel motivated, right? Uh, and learning doesn't feel like a must, but hobby, mm -hmm. right? We should all become more and better hobbyists, I think, <laughs> and daring to make stuff, despite the fact that we're not experts in it, actually. Yeah. And just from a philos more philosophical perspective, I think that is also the education that is needed here in time right uh, and that is why hyperhand is so relevant uh, because the technology we have we can reach out to hundreds of people with this podcast right with only a microphone here that wasn't possible for for 40 years so the te technology you have is highly democratized so that you can create content and you can follow your passion and do things and make stuff all the time right and and to navigate that in that <laughs> vast uh, variety of opportunities that is a, that is the modern challenge right and that's something you can learn here at Highpoint, i think it is also really sad because as you said mm. constitutions change technology changes even faster that we can even cooperate mm. uh, faster as we can cooperate as humans mm. biologically mm. but schools remain the same for like more than 200 years mm. Mm. and the model of schools that we have i think i i cannot remember the source But I like I can find that it's like it was made for factory workers mm. 
mm. just to park their kids while they can work <laughs> so that they learn to yeah. become factory workers themselves. Exactly. <laughs> so, that, so, so they created factories so where you put factories. in someone to come out with a grade <laughs> in the end. Right. Yeah, that's why you have the bell. That's why you have uh, <laughs> the schedule. <laughs> the schedule, the, how people stand together in the benches and stuff. And this didn't change. Mm. And the, the teacher is a manager mm. who supposedly knows these things better. Mm. But I mean, supposedly, I said so. It's so I hope you don't find yourself so much in one direction lectures at Hyper. Well, yeah. speaking of this, I think we should encourage more people to apply here because I myself, I am a person with a lot of imposter syndrome and I also saw other applicants worrying about not being enough. So my question for you would be, what would you say to those who want to apply to Hyper but are afraid they aren't good enough because they might think that they're competing with other people? Of course, it's a competition to apply for something, uh, but I would say just do it. <laughs> <laughs> If you feel, I think, feel like you, that you want to come over the threshold of daring and feeling stupid, then you should apply for Hyper, right? So navigate uh, counterintuitively, I think, because uh, that is actually we all need to learn in these times to act not upon our our uh, feelings of I can't do that, right? So because we all need to step into that that uncomfort un uncomfortable zone if we want to, to be active change makers in that sense. Application task, mm? that can be really daunting because I never have had like an exercise or, or task like that before. Mm. That is very broad, very open. You need to, I mean, draw your own conclusions, but like in a very creative way. So it's basically there's like an endless amount of solutions yeah. to the problems mm. and you just want to find like I don't know what what, what do you want to find I just imagine it was like someone that sticks out in a little bit that do a fun creative idea that might work mm. uh, I was not sure I'm just happy I do. I did a super random thing, and then if you want to understand more about the application task, I encourage you to be part of the next um, evaluation team. Right? You yeah. can you can actually, uh, as a student, sign up for evaluating prospect students' application tasks. When is that possible? It's uh, during spring. Oh, that's fun. Well, we have we have of course uh, criteria. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so if they follow quickly, so the criteria <laughs> don't apply yet. Like if they follow the podcast, <laughs> like if they follow. Social. Paying the cakes for the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, like how to how you present your idea, the creative problem solving skills, and so on. But uh, what what I, we've understood is that the application task can be perceived as, as scary and can be too much of a threshold. So that's something we're looking into. It. So how can we actually? Use it to to help people find us in that sense that they think, oh, that is something that doesn't scare me off from applying to Hyper Island. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Al although I mean, I would say, and that's my personal opinion, it should be like that. Well, there should be a threshold. I agree. Yeah, right, exactly, right. because yeah. Uh, you have to kind of earn it. Mm. Everyone can do it that works for it in a way. So as we said, there are people like 18 years old or mm. people that have been in a working industry, working in an industry for like uh, 12. 15 years, 20 years. Mm. And um, there are projects, there are programs like digital creative, content developer, data analysis, mm. artificial intelligence, and everyone gets to answer the same. Yeah, I, I guess if you cannot do that, 
which is like mm. not that limiting and it's like just show yourself show that you have mm. like a specific set of skills i guess or I, I, interest I or yeah. you're motivated about a certain question yeah. i really enjoyed that for example than applying for a university and going with what you did like how many years uh, yeah. ago <laughs> and your grades yeah. before exactly I, no system is perfect when it comes no. to application sadly and that is uh, a sad reality you gotta face when applying to schools that mm. you know some method suits you better perhaps the methods mm. on the school you wanted to go to didn't suit you so you're not gonna go there even though you're perfect fit but i liked what you said like beforehand just do it when applying mm. it, it at the end it comes to that i mean you can think about it for how long you want but at the end you just gotta do it don't think about it mm. too hard try to have fun because it's not the scariest thing that you're gonna do a typer <laughs> it's a very mu- it's a, <laughs> a very mundane thing at the end i like what you're saying And it, that would also be my uh, general career advice. Uh, do what you can't, right? Because, um, or or do even navigate towards that what you feel most com- uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, right? So what, what does really scare you about your job? <laughs> Go there. <laughs> uh, Expa- yeah. Expand your comfort. Yeah, or if you're an artist coming to Hyper, right? Try to learn about coding. Right. If you're a programmer, learn to go on the stage. So I think that is uh, part of self-development and lifelong learning. Yeah, for the record, I never thought I would code ever. <laughs> and I, I have a, I had a math teacher who, who told me, you're not good at math. And yeah. then I believed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm, I'm sitting here having coding lessons in my spare time. I don't know if uh, anyone has a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it's this episode where um, uh, Rosa, Amy, and... The Gina. Gina. This is Gina. The yeah, where yeah. they were having this day where they were going to face their fears. And Gina's fear was business people. Mm. So <laughs> I feel like that is me because when I entered Hyper, I was like, oh my God, I need to learn the business language. I don't understand it. How can I sound fancy? Why am I in a team with a lot of business people? <laughs> so I, it was one of my biggest fears. But you get to know the business people behind their actual business face mm. and that's what is gonna make you become like comfortable with your fears i guess that's mm. one of my way and when doing the application task which i was also afraid of i noticed that the questions that are provided are very helpful mm. so sometimes it's hard to understand them but there there will always be the Uh, someone there to guide you but the questions are really helpful when uh, when making yeah. this task and i have to give give credits to the student recruitment team who also support with with that and there are uh, support groups on social media right you can join and there are meetings where you can ask questions and so so <laughs> there is a support system around the application task also yeah so it, it's what's what you put into right there the tennis ball right exactly. <laughs> and there are always days Yeah. I mean, I think I joined one because I was like, okay, I'm going to do something. But I was very tired of being rejected <laughs> in job applications, <laughs> in uh, some schools, because um, my Swedish level was not enough. Now it's becoming. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, maybe I should join the day because mm. we, we need to say that, that there are like specific days that they're going to help people with their application. And uh, you come here and you solve a problem. You solve mm. a brief in the Hyper Island way without being even being in Hyper Island. There's always this support thing. So 
if you just want it, as you said, just do it. Mm. Language is a great example. When I started Hyper Island, <laughs> my English was so rusty and I had learned Swedish, you know, and then as a German, you always feel like you can't speak proper English. <laughs> <laughs> This awful German accent. <laughs> and then there was a student evaluation, someone write, a student writing, his English sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so one of your students, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, uh, how did that feel? <laughs> I learned by doing. Yeah, we will write your own <laughs> answers in the comments. How is Jörg's English? <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, that comes when his evaluation time comes around. But uh, we answered the how, right, about the hyper island, uh, mm. how someone can apply. And the main reason we kind of answered ourselves the why, why to apply. But if we go, I mean, do we have an overview or as a school, do you have an overview of like, what do hyper island students do after when they graduate? Mm. Where are they working? What mm. are they doing? Can mm. someone access that? Well, uh, there's a big student alumni network and we have events and initiatives where like alumni or ex-students meet with current students so where you can actually meet them right so there's not one channel profile i would like i can come up with but what i think is important when you when you apply for hyperline is to know it doesn't matter what program you choose what kind of job title you have in the vocational program we want to educate generalists we want to equip you for a sustainable long-lasting career where you constantly can learn and keep yourself updated and the things content wise you're going to learn if it's motion designer or the ai consultant program or digital media creative that will be outdated one day very soon <laughs> eventually so that's why we put uh, much focus on self-development and team processes so you can actually learn to lead yourself and lead others right in in your way of learning and that's what we think <coughs> is the best equipment or the best foundation for a long-lasting career today because and then you can of course update yourself with upskill programs or shorter programs in in the future but that gives you a good foundation for the ever-changing job market in the future exactly and when regarding to technology changes happen even mm. within a night for mm. example and i know ex-students who have worked in the agency world Now they, they either work, work in education or in bigger corporate organizations with learning design, with, with product design. So I think career paths can change. And, and uh, someone can see even on the LinkedIn, right, in the alumni page, which I'm there now, for example. And I can see that uh, from the alumni, it's like 61 people work in Google. I cannot spell that. Maybe something in Brazil. 53 work at IKEA, 46 at Spotify, mm -hmm. 37 at H&M. So 25 at Twitter not anymore <laughs> oh no I don't know <laughs> just kidding because Twitter of the current news yeah. about <laughs> you getting <laughs> by email sorry it's hyper hiring just really yeah, now it's like because they got kicked with it yeah. <laughs> recently yeah Musk is going on a rampage <laughs> over there storytelling content creation is a good example where you can apply it it's like it's a vast area right you would eventually find more possibilities to apply your skills and knowledge from Hyper Island in a in 
an internship in a municipality rather than an agency because they have challenges you haven't imagined before. So I think what I want to say is I want to encourage you when you go into an internship also don't don't set the bar too high because I, I've seen many students who, who refusing refusing some or rejecting some kind of, of internships because they think they want to have the perfect internship that is the, this amazing one foundation for the career, right? But sometimes it's more important to get your foot out there <laughs> into yeah. the doors, right? And then you start, you take it from there instead of, of waiting for the perfect internship. I truly believe that if you're getting out there, you do the in, in a small business, a small startup, mm. which small can be even like 50 people as well. Mm. I think it's the best choice. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> going to have fun with this. And I think uh, we have touched upon all the, the interesting points we mm. set out to, to talk and, and even some extras. So, I mean, it was amazing that you wanted to come on the, the first episode of the podcast and, and to get new people from outside of, of Hyper to get to know Hyper better and to get to know you better. So I just want to say thank you for coming. Great. And final uh, words. And the final <laughs> words, exactly. If you want to say something like the resume of the whole conversation of like message out there to our listeners. Well, uh, I think this podcast is a good example of learning by doing and also about uh, fruitful conversations and interesting conversations. So I really enjoyed this conversation and I have a wish for the editing. Uh, if you find any kind of AI app that could clean up my English... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna apply that to the max. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. The natural, the better. <laughs> Check out Hicks Hyper Island. That's mine. <laughs> Actually, I subscribe to you. I subscribe as well, to be honest. So if you've seen like a immediate race, it was us. Yeah, it was great. us. I need to be more consistent with my content, uh, though. <laughs> so where where can people find you? As you said, you have a YouTube uh, channel. Yes. Which uh, you 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 have some uh, videos. Which is your content? If you can, what can people see there? It was a personal uh, like project at Hyper Island with the blessing of the uh, of the CEO to uh, discover things of how we can digitalize our content more. That was kind of a, my crazy art project. But in the end, what it, I learned so much, so many skills I could apply uh, during the pandemic. I didn't see the pandemic yeah. coming, but this attitude of putting myself out there in front of the camera and, and, and learning to edit was very useful later than in all my kind of communications I think so I learned a lot and I it's still a passion project but nowadays I don't have so much time for content creation but the content is about my job my work at Hyper Island is there are some videos about how to facilitate a meeting for example or the latest was a board game workshop as an example of uh, experienced based learning uh, that I did with the with the uh, staff members here yeah. at Hyper Island so there there's a big variety of uh, fun experiments mm. also what <laughs> What is it called, the, the channel? The channel is called Hicks Hyper Island X, right? <laughs> the 10X. <laughs> uh, Hyper Island. But the fun thing is also Hick uh, in English is also the one from the countryside, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it was a fun, fun thing. Uh, uh, like from the Karlskrona perspective yeah. because uh, headquarters are in Stockholm <laughs> <laughs> but you're in Karlskrona based. Yes. So. so the checkout what's one thing you always wanted that you have now was it a hyper way that you got it well actually I always wanted to have a, a recording microphone so I took the opportunity and I got 
<laughs> microphone and it was the hyper island way for me <laughs> it was a motivational thing i was like let's get it we can do this so i feel very like cool now if i can go next it's like that i wanted and i have now it's like maybe the go get them thing attitude mm. i found myself even yesterday like trying to edit something mostly visual like uh, I don't remember I was fixing something as a PDF and I remember like let's say some months ago I would take some time adjust the thing make sure then maybe even use that like some and yesterday I was like this is this this is that this is that and that's okay <laughs> and this let me see that yeah two more it's okay done mm-hmm. so it's like go get them I kind of needed that and I'm like uh, only three months here I guess I've always wanted a team to create stuff with I always been, felt kind of alone in, in what I wanted to do and I always felt I wanted to do it with other people and here I really have that possibility because people are excited to create they know a lot of stuff and there are I feel that there is a lot of possibility to do stuff with the, the other people that goes here so yeah that's nice I think the the hyper island way if you would call it that way <laughs> I would say I, I found it hyper and a home because I found people I felt comfortable with and uh, in an atmosphere where I could be myself and authentic I think and I could dare to feel stupid and and to express <laughs> my stupidity <laughs> <laughs> but also I found an environment where I dared to make stuff that felt uncomfortable or maybe I wouldn't have done before and the team aspect coming back to the beginning coming from a quite different work culture in in Germans like media production with a lot of hierarchies and a lot of focus on the, the individual i think hybrid was an eye opener for me to experience the strength of teams definitely and to learn how to facilitate conversations in teams that are constructive and fruitful 3 2 1 bye 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 see you at hybrid island